So you might not know this, but you just participated in the longest unbroken theatrical tradition in the Western world. You were just actors in the oldest play in the English language. The tradition of acting out the events of Holy Week, of recreating Jesus' entry into Jerusalem with the waving of palms and shouts of Hosanna, and then the taking on of roles in the story of the crucifixion, that tradition began in the early Middle Ages, back when the church liturgy was in Latin, a language that most people didn't speak. And so churches began acting out the story with translation and commentary in the language of the people. Italian in Italy, French in France, English in England. And those translations and commentaries began plays in them, became plays in themselves, and now they are the oldest plays we have in the English language. There's a classic scholar who comes to the 8 a.m. service, and she said, oh, you missed the most important part. That was that it was a really big deal in every small village who gets to play the parts every year. And what you would fight for, sorry, Jeff, is to not play Jesus. Because apparently uh, things were a little boring and the once a year chance to beat up on whoever played Jesus was not to be missed. So you did everything you could to not be in that role. So back in the Middle Ages, people might have been very vague about what the priest droned on about in Latin every other Sunday of the year, but through these plays, they knew the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. Because every year, they remembered it with words and actions, and they became part of the story. The Christian church has long taught that there are two different ways of remembering two different ways of thinking about something that happened in the past. The first kind of remembering is the everyday act of bringing something past to mind. I can, for example, just standing here, remember what my grandparents' kitchen looked like when I was growing up. I can remember that it had a black and white checked floor, that the dog Muggsy's bed was red and which corner it was in, that there was a drawer full of candy for kids. That's the first kind of remembering. And the second way to remember is much more profound. With a little bit more time and energy, I could remember my grandparents' kitchen in a way that makes it present to me right now. I can put myself there. I can remember how warm it was, the smell of dinner cooking, the voices of family members who are now gone, I can remember the feeling of being completely safe and surrounded by love. It's a deeper kind of remembering to make the past truly present. And the church calls this deeper kind of remembering anamnesis. Anamnesis doesn't just bring facts about a past event to mind, rather it makes the past present again through an act of imagination. Imagination in the world of faith gets a, a bad name we need our imaginations in order to build our faith. In fact, the Eucharist we celebrate here every week is an act of anamnesis, that deeper kind of memory. When we say again and again the words of Jesus over the bread and wine, whenever you eat this, whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me, the Greek that we're saying is actually do this in anamnesis of me. 
When we share the bread and wine, we're trying not to just remember facts about the bread and wine, we're trying to put ourselves at the table with Jesus to make that a present reality and to be transformed by that experience. Holy Week begins today, the most important week of the church year, and it extends from today through Easter next Sunday. And the whole week is intended to be a collective act of anamnesis. Together, all of us together as a community, we are trying to make present and real the events in the last week of Jesus' life. That's why we act it out. That's why we try to put ourselves physically in the story. And so our service today began with all of us as members of the crowd as Jesus rode into Jerusalem. That's why we sing and shout Hosanna and raise palms. And even if we were to be still, the very stones would have cried out. And then just a few minutes later, we became the crowd that stood at Pilate's gate and shouted for the crucifixion of an innocent man. This Thursday at our Maundy Thursday service, we'll share Jesus' last supper together, we'll wash his feet. On Friday, we'll lay nails at the foot of the cross. At the Easter vigil, the fire of Christ will be lit in a dark church and gradually it'll get lighter and lighter and lighter until we proclaim the resurrection surrounded by light and beauty and the smell of flowers. All of those services are designed to help us to imagine ourselves in the story, to help the story become present and real to us, to engage in anamnesis. And in the church, anamnesis always has a purpose. We're not remembering just for remembering's sake. We remember in order to be transformed. The goal of this week is to take us all back to Jerusalem to make the events of Holy Week present realities. And the hope is that by doing this, by entering into the story, we will be changed. We will become a little bit more like Jesus, more able to walk through the world in the way that he did, more able to love, more willing to serve, transformed in some way, big or small. We have no illusions that what we create together is a masterwork of theater that has taken you out of the present day into 33 BC in a seamlessly historically accurate way. But was there a moment when maybe the story became a little bit more real to you? Maybe a moment when you encountered a new dimension of who Jesus was. Maybe you saw yourself for a moment as part of the crowd or as Peter or as one of the thieves on the cross. Holy Week exists so that we can stay with those moments, those moments of anamnesis, those moments when the past becomes present for a little while and see what they have to teach us. Because remembering can change us. We are, as we remember, parts of that crowd on Palm Sunday people who could see beyond the surface and look at a peasant and see the king of peace. Does that make us more able today, perhaps, to recognize the face of Jesus and those who are easily ignored? Does that make us a little more able to shout Hosanna in public, a little more authentic about our faith, a little less embarrassed? How can that story change us? 
We ended the reading of the Passion today as members of the crowd shouting, crucify him. What does stepping into that reality tell us about ourselves? How does it change us to know that we have the capacity for betrayal? That we have the capacity to do evil? Our prayer is that playing both of those roles, the, ones, the role of the ones who recognize Jesus and the role of the ones that deny him, somehow changes us, help us, helps us to see something deep in ourselves, makes us more able to follow in the path of Jesus when the going gets tough. If you've been at St. John's for any length of time, you've heard Chris or you've heard me encourage you to participate in Holy Week as fully as you can. You've heard us say that the joy of Easter morning is so much deeper and so much more profound if you've walked the way of the cross first. And so I'll say it again. Come if you can to these services. Set aside time to pray in a particularly intentional way this week. Because anamnesis is powerful, there is a kind of remembering that makes the story present and real right now. And if we are willing to enter into it just for a moment, there is potential for transformation. There is potential for change. There is potential to become more able to follow Jesus in the way of the cross and the resurrection. Amen.